This is the Rubber Soul Panel Podcast, spotlighting the commentary used in the public radio documentary, Isn't It Good? The Beatles' Rubber Soul, an in-depth exploration of the Beatles' landmark 1965 album, Rubber Soul. The entire program can be heard on your public radio station if they carry it, feel free to ask them to, or online at the public radio exchange, prx.org. That's prx.org. I'm Paul Ingalls, host and producer of the show. If you signed up for our free podcast, we hope you enjoy it and at least stick around at its end to hear about how to make a tax-deductible donation to a nonprofit radio organization that produces a program we think the Beatles would have dug and that it explores peace and love. More on that in a minute, but here's this episode of the Rubber Soul Panel Podcast. And this is public radio disc jockey Scott McNichol. Nowhere Man being uh, John Lennon's writing in the wake of Help, an album just released in August of that year, so the Beatles were busy, and uh, John Lennon has begun his introspective writing, Help being his call for help. Now, Nowhere Man, uh, this would be a thread that would continue through the rest of his career, always calling on his... uh, internal issues, uh, the John Lennon issues. Gee, you know, I think he said, well, I was trying all night to write a song, and I, I just couldn't come up with anything. I just couldn't write anything. So all of a sudden, I wrote Nowhere Man. <laughs> okay, well, that's John Lennon, right? He could do that. It's about not being able to get anywhere, uh, but obviously, Nowhere Man has got to be something about himself. I think this is where John really, on this album, he really starts that whole idea of I don't know about anyone or anything else except me, so I'm going to start writing about me. So in the way, Nowhere Man is about John Lennon, not John, not John Lennon all the time, but definitely John Lennon at certain points in his life. Because you know he he's such a brilliant man, but you could also tell that at times he seemed to be a bit lost. You know, when you think about Nowhere Man, I look back to uh, John Lennon's song like I'm a Loser. You know, you have a sense of he's exploring elements of his own depression. You know, he wasn't particularly happy in his marriage. You know, some of the limitations of what the Beatles were doing were beginning to irk him. You know, it was a complicated time. You know, he's living off in the suburbs. And some of the complexities of this, you know, began to get expressed. And, you know, Nowhere Man is is autobiographical. I think it's Lennon writing about himself. You know, trying to find a way to, you know, take these emotions, negative emotions, and still be able to explore those within a pop song format. It's a a sad song, but musically, it's not a sad song. That's one of those contradictions you had in uh, Beatles songs a lot of times. They'd be singing about something kind of depressing, but um, the music just lifted your soul. Sad lyrics... A little bit, I guess. I mean, the singer's speaking disparagingly about the nowhere man. It could be someone else. could be himself, though. And that's why I think the lyric is so great. Lately, I've been thinking of it being a stream of negative self-talk. But there's this little compassionate stream in the middle of the song. Nowhere man, don't worry, take your time, don't hurry, leave it all till somebody else lends you a hand. So sincerely sung by John. So to me, if it's all self-talk, those lines are about being kind to yourself when you think you're going nowhere. You know, it's all right. Someone will be along to help. So, you know, whether he's talking to himself or to someone else, I really like that part of it a lot. 
social commentary and uh, very psychedelic, uh, both in its sound and in its uh, context. And later, of course, it becomes one of the most uh, memorable elements in Yellow Submarine. And, you know, it, it's great because when you when you watch the Beatles movie uh, Yellow Submarine, they they similarly kind of paint the the picture. You've got Jeremy, the, the, the character that they're singing about, who is the nowhere man, sitting by himself in an empty space. There is nothing around him. Everything else has been sucked away by this vacuum monster from the Sea of Monsters. And it's just him all alone. Hey, fellas, look. The footnotes for my 19th book. This is my standard procedure for doing it. And while I compose it, I'm also reviewing it. A boob for all seasons. How can he lose? Will you notice it's good? It's my policy never to read my reviews. There must be a word for what he is. He's a real nowhere man. And the Beatles start to, you know, point at him and, and sing this, this lyric. And, and as they sing, the world becomes painted. As they add more instruments and things like that, you know, uh, the flowers and, and the world lights up behind him. And he looks happy for a moment. Uh, but then, you know, it, it winds back down to the end of the piece and, and everything has gradually been erased and he's left there sitting all by himself. What about him? He's happy enough going round in circles. Ah, oh, poor little fella. I don't know. Ringo's just a sentimentalist. Oh, look at him. Can't he come with us? Hey, uh, Mr. Boo, you can come with us if you like. You mean you take a nowhere man? Yeah, come on, we'll take you somewhere. And it's just, it's a beautiful okay. depiction Down of the there. piece, and I think Down that visual really helped me to appreciate harmonically and, and lyrically what was going on in the piece. Steady now, crew, prepare to go forward. Forward. That's also one of the first Beatle records where they played Fender guitars. You know, there's that super, super bright guitar solo. The Beatles had become so famous, basically every instrument manufacturer would send them instruments because they wanted their instruments to be seen in the hands of you know, the biggest group in the world. That's the first recorded instance of them playing a Strat, and I think that's a big part of that record's super jangly, bright sound, and certainly that super, super cutting guitar solo. So the Fender Strat guitars and, or there's this. And it had such a great, bright sound. And the, the reason it did is because McCartney and Lennon wanted the guitars to be even brighter, and they said, we want more treble on that, more high end. And uh, the engineer said, no, we've already got it as, as high as it can go. And they said, well, how about putting it on, on, on another fader, on another track, and turn that up? And so they were always asking the engineers to basically break the rules. Abbey Road was a very traditional place. They, they wore lab coats, and everything was done by the book. And you weren't allowed to do certain things. And as the Beatles uh, grew in stature and success, they were able to ask for more and more and invariably, their ideas were good ones, and they were ideas about changing the rules. To me, uh, the most incredible thing on Nowhere Man is the bass playing. 65, uh, McCartney gets the Rickenbacker, the sound changes, but it's when he really starts to concentrate on bass lines and starts writing these incredible sort of contrapuntal melodies in the bass 
um, where if you concentrate on it, it, it's really almost like a, a, a separate melody of the song, and you can appreciate that as much as the, the melody that's sung. He's a real nowhere man Sitting in his nowhere land And at the very end, there's the isolation is gone because it, they've added in all of the instruments and things like that. But there's the one time that the harmony changes a little bit at the very, very end where you hear Paul McCartney do this extra high part. They've, they reshift the chord so that, so that the voice parts all move up a little bit. And, and Paul's got this very plaintive uh, line where he sings, making all his nowhere plans for nobody. Making all his nowhere It almost sounds like a cry, and I've I've always liked that that feel, um, because even though he's you know kind of in in the world now, they've got all the 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 instruments that have been brought in. the The sound is very full. Um, there's still that feeling of isolation with that one voice that sticks out a little bit that is different from what you've heard so far. Sarah Adhara Schaefer Jones, there, a licensed music teacher from Indianapolis. And we also heard comments on Nowhere Man from Scott McNichol at the start, then Rob Martinez, Anthony DeCurtis, Ann Powers, John Spurney, and Paul Zolo. Copyright restrictions prevent us from using more than just a few seconds of Beatles music in this documentary work on the podcast, but obviously you can hear the music in this special online at the Public Radio Exchange, prx.org. That's prx.org, or on your local public radio station, or, of course, on your own copy of Rubber Soul, available for purchase everywhere you'd expect. If you're digging the podcast, we're going to ask you to visit another site online to show your appreciation, and that's peacetalksradio.com, peacetalksradio.com. And consider making a tax-deductible donation in any amount to help support another radio program that explores peace and love. It's the only series about peacemaking and nonviolent conflict resolution. Let me be clear that the Beatles have not endorsed it formally, although we once got an email from Ringo Starr's management complimenting us on the work, and Yoko Ono was interviewed for a Peace Talks radio episode about her and John's peace work. So it's a good project to help to show your appreciation for this free podcast. Again, visit peacetalksradio.com and consider making a donation. And enjoy the rest of the series, The Rubber Soul Panel Podcast. I'm Paul Ingalls.